And what's up, all you Stay Tuners? Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back for our weekly combat show. For a while there, I was calling it the MMA show, but I mean, we talk bare knuckle, boxing, stuff like that. Big uh, weekend last week for UFC. Uh, UFC 239 was this past weekend, and Pretty sure we saw one person dead and another person probably pretty much knocked out into retirement and another uh, fighter at a probably a, a crossroads for, for themselves to you know what what to do next but we will get into UFC 239 about halfway through the show or so and I will give my opinion about the, the Ben Askren knockout, Jorge Masvidal's flying knee. Was it luck? Wasn't it luck? That type de- type of deal. Some of the, the comments I've been seeing about it, just ridiculous. It's just ludicrous in a way to see some of these fans think it was, it was luck. Maybe it was. I don't know. We'll have to get into it a little bit in the show, but... To start off the show, I saw this story earlier in the week, and I, I thought maybe it was just a, a gimmick or a, one of those uh, snarky-type websites. But Tito Ortiz is found his next uh, opponent. He's not with Bellator no more. He's not with uh, UFC anymore. And he's not with... Uh, Golden Boy Promotions anymore with that MMA uh, promotion seems like they they went belly up and Tito basically said at uh, Oscar De La Hoya really didn't put the time in with it really wasn't as dedicated as Dana White is with UFC so He's going to be fighting for Combat America's promotion. And his next opponent is Alberto Del Rio. For any wrestling fans out there, yes, I'm not making this up. This is actually happening. No date or location has been set yet, but they came out and did say the only thing they really confirmed was it will happen uh, in the fourth quarter of this year. Now, to me, this is just, if, if, if this is a, a starting up promotion, this is kind of a, a gimmick to me, it sounds like. I mean, obviously, Tito, well-known in the UFC, in the MMA community, in Bellator as well. Um, he has won his last four of his five fights. So, I mean, granted, he is older. He's 44, and... Some of the guys he fought, like Chell Sonnen, uh, his last one was Chuck Liddell, knocked Chuck Liddell out. Basically, it was to me, it was just all over-the-hill guys. And don't get me wrong, I like Chell Sonnen, and I, I've always liked Chuck Liddell, but it's it's way past their prime, which, yeah, we saw Chell Sonnen retire a couple weeks ago. Chuck Liddell, kind of like BJ Penn, just doesn't want to give up the fight game and Unfortunately, you're going to see more of him getting knocked down instead of him doing the knocking out. 
Now, the one thing that I did not know about Alberto Del Rio, which that's his, his uh, wrestling name, his real name is Alberto Rodriguez, is he actually fought in the Pride uh, promotion in Japan back in 2003 and 2004. I always just thought he had just like a little bit of a MMA background, but never really actually competed it. You know, I, I used to be into wrestling, watching wrestling and stuff like that, and really haven't watched the past few years. But I remember Del Rio on WWE and, you know, his kicks and stuff like that. And But this, this is not the way I think you want to start off a promotion. Yes, they're two big names. So you will sell tickets I'm not sure if it's gonna be on pay-per-view or not because again there was not that much information uh, information given out just yet um, the only the only other thing that they did confirm is it's gonna be a 200 uh, 210 pound catch weight uh, fight <clears throat> um, but if you look at you know like the UFC when they uh, started up say the women's division they didn't go right out and get Chris Cyborg who at the time was probably the biggest name out there they brought Ronda Rousey over from Strike Force, who was the champion and built it up you know granted maybe the talent wasn't there for her to compete with but it was B-list names they brought over. Misha Tate. Um, Kat Sangano. You know, nothing over the top. Now, bringing in Tito Ortiz, that's not a bad start. You look at Bare Knuckle Boxing. Uh, BKFC. They brought over Joey Beltran. They started off small. Joey Beltran. Um... Johnny Bedford, who is the champion now of his division. They brought over B-list names, Beck Rollins. And I love Beck Rollins, so I'm not bashing her by saying she's a a, a B-list name or anything like that. But those people help as a team, as a bunch of fighters, to help put them on the map. And to the point that back in June, last month, their pay-per-view buys actually outperformed UFC pay-per-view buys. Now, this past weekend's pay-per-view probably blew them out of water just because it was John Jones um, fighting Santos, Amanda Nunez versus Holly Holm. So, I mean, they had bigger names on this card. But... To bring in Albert Del Rio to face Tito. I just wonder, like, did he even try to say go, you know, uh, you know, Ken Shamrock or someone, you know, one of the older guys, uh, Vitor or Belfort or, you know, anybody like that. Because I just, it sounds like it's going to be another 
Golden Boy promotion, Oscar De La Hoya type situation where it's it's gonna fizzle out fairly quickly. Speaking of Ken Shamrock, I see he's starting up a a bare knuckle promotion himself, which now you're gonna see them popping up left and right because it's starting to feel like that's the new thing to do is is bare knuckle boxing, and I'll tell you what BKFC. It's going to be hard to, to top them. You know, they are the UFC right now of bare knuckle boxing. There's no Bellator type promotions out there yet. You know, they're more the underground type promotions. And for these guys to this uh, Combat America's promotion, I just don't think they're you know thinking about too much I, th- I think they're trying to make as much money right off, the, right off the get-go and whatever happens happens and that's you're not gonna last that way so like i said this past saturday we had ufc 239 now i'll tell you what a very good uh card again um they've been they've been pretty entertaining uh, you know i i know for a while there i was bashing ufc for how they they handled john jones who was on this card but at least they're still putting entertaining fights um you had the main card uh start off with uh diego sanchez versus michael chesia you know you had luke rockhold versus uh, John or Jan Blakovic, then Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren, Amanda Nunez, Holly Holm, John Jones, and Diego Santos. I feel I, I feel kind of bad for Diego Sanchez. You know, I, I love him as a fighter. I love how he's aggressive, how he's just out there in left field with his his interviews, his you know. Uh, face-offs with his opponents, but I think Father Time finally caught up to him. You know, uh, this was a good test for him, to, I think, to see where he stands in his career. And Michael Chisia just embarrassed him. You know, uh, to the point that the judges actually, all, all three judges had it 30 to 26. You know, there there was nothing Diego could do to figure him out. And another fighter that uh, was on the prelims, actually, that you could see might be done. And kind of hinted at retirement uh, just yesterday or so on Instagram is uh, Gilbert Melendez. You know, the, the, the kid he fought, he just... He couldn't figure him out, and I think it was like after round two or whatever, his corner was like, "Yeah, all right." He's like, "No, I, no, I'm, I'm not." You know, so you could see the, that the how the fight wasn't going his his way, and he was getting a little upset about that. But you know, Diego still could put some entertaining fights on, and him and Clay Guida just got inducted into the Hall of Fame for. One of the craziest fights I've ever seen. I mean, it it's it's up there 
easily top five, maybe top three. You know, with the Force Griffin, Stephen Bonner fight, that type type of style fight. But um, any chance of him getting the belts or anything like that, that's long gone. Trying to fight any type top five guys, that's long gone. And this was a, a good debut for Michael Ch- uh, Chessia at welterweight. You know, he said he felt good with the weight, the weight on, and everything like that. And obviously, a show. I mean, he was still quick. You know, and kudos to him for pulling out a win. Then after that, we had Luke Rockhold versus Blackowitz at light heavyweight, and. <clears throat> We all remember Luke Rockhold had the belt uh, at welterweight, I believe it was. No, not welterweight, uh, middleweight. And got knocked out by Michael Bisping, who at that point in his career, I was actually pulling for him. Early on in his career, I know he was a good trash talker and selling fights and stuff, but when he was going up against Dan Henderson, yes, I was one of those people that cheered for those couple extra hits even though he was knocked out because didn't like how he's kind of taking shots at a at america at us but i respected him and he was another one that actually just got inducted this past weekend into the hall of fame for ufc but blackowitz is a up-and-comer this was luke rockhold's first uh fight at light heavyweight and much like a lot of time when these fighters move up or move down, mostly move up in weight class, they're not used to carrying this weight. And they think they could just move up and automatically take take on a top guy. I mean, you have to be a legend. I mean, Anderson Silva did it he, when he moved up to 205. You know, he fought Forrest Griffin... Um, fought a couple other guys at light heavyweight, but he naturally walks around at that weight. I don't think Rockhold walks around above light heavyweight, so he didn't really have to cut much weight compared to when he was down in middleweight, and. Blackwoods was just picking him apart. Um, at the at the end of round two, he threw a, a head kick that, I mean, it looked like it grazed him, uh, Rockhold, but still rattled his cage a little bit and had to have a little bit of help to walk back to his corner. Round three started almost like Blackwoods knew he was still dazed. So he, he got in close and just unloaded a hook and lights out for Rockhold. And even Dana White said in his uh, press conference after the, after the show was over that, you know, maybe it's time for Rockhold to, to hang it up. And now it's coming out here and there. And this really shouldn't matter that much uh, about him as a person, but... That he likes to party. He likes the, the nightlife. And, you know, Chuck Liddell was one of them that liked that nightlife back in the day. And 
it catches up to you. I mean, you know, all the alcohol and not getting enough sleep, it, it's, it's going to take its, its toll on your body. <coughs> and his career, at least with the UFC, may be done. You know, I'm not sure if they're going to cut him. I didn't see no reports yet about that. But I won't be surprised. And I won't be surprised if Bellator or one championship may try to sign him. Now, I think Bellator may sign him more than one championship because it seems like one championship's actually taking their time on and and doing their homework on fighters they're signing. You know, obviously the trade with UFC between Demetrius Johnson and Ben Askren, that was a, a, a couple of weeks of talking back and forth. Um, I think Vitero Belfort uh, signed with them. You know, there's, there's uh, John Lineker just signed with them. I like I like that sign. John Lineker got released this past week by UFC. Um, and typical Dana White coming out and said that he doesn't know the whole story, but he does know that Lineker always gave the matchmakers headaches. Which, you know, you don't know if that's true or not. You know, that's, that could be UFC just trying to get out in front and say, well, this, you know, we're the good guys, he's the bad guy type deal. But after that fight, we had the welterweight fight between Jorge Masvidal and Ben Askren. Lots and lots of bad blood going into this fight. Lots of trash talk. Um, Askren's, you know, used to train with Masvidal. And even came out and said, you know, when I, I walked in there one day and just schooled him with wrestling. And I, since Ben Askren joined UFC, I never really liked him. He does talk a lot. And that's okay. I, I understand, you know, you got to sell pay per views. And you want, if you want to play that villain, you got you to gotta take those shots. But sometimes it's just like, dude, shut up, you know? Um, and that's exactly what Masvidal did. Now, I loved the whole hands behind my back, leaning up against the, the cage. Like, that That seems to be his new thing. Um, after Masvidal's last fight, you know, the video came out that him and Leon Edwards got in a little bit of a, a scuffle. And, you know, Masvidal did the same thing, had his hands behind his back. Has hands behind his back, and if you read his lips, he he's looking over to Askren and said, "Are you are you ready for this, mother effer?" And ref said, "Fight." Askren started walking towards the middle. Masvidal, I think, took maybe two steps towards Askren and then just sprinted, jumped up in the air, and just landed the knee right on the head. Askren was out cold. I mean, this fight came on roughly about 11, 11.30 at night, Eastern Time, and I actually woke up with one of my sons screaming because I actually did take Askren against Masvidal, but I thought Masvidal killed him. I, he's just laying there, and then he landed a couple extra punches that some fans believe was not necessary. The taunting afterwards... 
I still think it's not necessary, but I understand some of these fighters have a hard time, you know, turning off, quote, the switch. And for all the trash talking and all the stuff that led up to this, it possibly could have been one of those. You know, we were just talking about Tito Ortiz. What about him? Every time he would knock someone out, he would pretend he's digging a grave for the person. Or, you know, Chuck Liddell's, you know, screaming with the, the arms up in the air. You know, you literally just could have killed the dude. And, you know, you're, you're taunting and everything like that. I saw the I saw one fan uh, post on Twitter... How funny would it have been if Masvidal separated or broke his collarbone when he uh, imitated Askren falling to the, the mat? Now, I do agree with what Masvidal said at his press conference when he was asked about the punches um, after Askren was knocked out, was obviously knocked out. He said absolutely it was necessary. I think that comment was because of the all the trash talk leading up to it. And he said about the ref didn't pull him off yet. I agree with that. You know, you as a fighter are told you keep punching until the ref pulls you off. That's the ref's job to stop the fight, not you. Because, again, going with what Masvidal said, all it takes is for you to pull back once and the other fighter is going to embarrass you. Maybe even knock him out. So, in a way, yes, I am okay with Masvidal keep throwing the punches just because, like I said, the ref didn't pull him off the off of Askren. But he knew he was knocked out. Could have been hard for him to turn off the switch just because of all the, uh, all the trash talk. I mean, even again, you know, we just talked about Bisping. When I didn't like him, Dan Henderson land the knockout punch, which he was completely knocked out. But he still threw that overhand as one last shot. Not a lot of people are talking about that one, you know. So, I think with a, a knockout like that, which was a five-second knockout, quickest in history of the UFC, I, I think he deserves a title shot. You know, he knocked out Till uh, in his last fight. Knocked him out cold, and he's, he's a tough son of a bitch. Cowboy Sharoni he took out. So I, I think he deserves a title shot. Now, I did see Dana say he's, he's not guaranteed a title shot uh, with the co- uh, the Covington fight against uh, Robbie Lawler. If Lawler wins, Lawler gets the uh, the title fight. But if Covington wins, Masvidal get the title fight. So we'll have to see how that plays out. I'm curious if you guys think he should get the next title shot or not. I'm, I may put a a poll out there. Uh, this week, some you know, sometimes see what everybody thinks. Then the co-main event came on, and we had Amanda Nunez versus Holly Holm. Amanda Nunez is a, a champ, champ as they call them now. 
This was for the women's bantamweight belt. And much like how Holly sent Ronda into retirement, if you want to call it, I guess, retirement now, because she really hasn't uh, said if she's going to come back to UFC. But Mana Nunez threw the leg kick to the head and just completely froze her up. Her eyes were still open, so she, was, she wasn't totally knocked out, but... Just like I was just saying about the ref, Amanda Nunez jumped on top, kept punching until the ref pulled her off and retained her belt. You know, a couple weeks ago, I wrote my pound-for-pound um, rankings for BellyUpSports.com, and I had Daniel Cromier as my top guy, top person, I should say. Uh, Amanda Nunez... I believe I had second, second or third, but I think it was second. And I said if she added a couple more names to her resume, it'd be tough for me to not put her number one. And I'll tell you what, you know, she really has come into her own. If this doesn't put her as number one pound for pound, and we get Cyborg. Nunez too, and she does the same thing to Cyborg as she did in her first uh, match. She's easily would be the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. I mean, just just an impressive fighter, you know. Then after that one, we had the main event, the lightweight or light heavyweight. Uh, fight between John Jones and Diego Santos. And I'll tell you what, you know, I thought Jones would run through him. I, I think a lot of people thought he would run through him, and maybe he should have. <coughs> He's the, the more dominant fighter of our era, if you want to call it that. But only one by split decision. Santos, you know, worked the leg kicks and it seemed to be working. Um, and Jones just wasn't aggressive. And, you know, the next day, I, I was actually, you know, starting to think about it because by this point, you know, uh, of the, the fight coming on, really couldn't think that much because I was kind of drinking. <laughs> um, but it makes you wonder, you know, this is... Was second or third fight since coming back from the suspension, and his past three fights really hasn't looked as dominant as he used to be. It makes you wonder. All those drug tests that he failed was that why he was so dominant, so much better than the other fighters? You know, if he has another another uh, outing like this, people are going to start thinking. And that's maybe one reason why I didn't even put him in my top five for pound-for-pound fighters. And the even more uh, messed up part about this fight to show you exactly how non-dominant John Jones was. 
Santos actually blew out his ACL, MCL, PCL, and tore his meniscus on his left knee. And on top of that, now he did all that in round two. Because if you watched, he threw the leg kick and you could just see his, his knee buckled. And not once did Jones try to take him down or attack that leg with, with kicks. I mean, I, I just don't understand. I mean, I know it's a video game, but when I play UFC 3 and I see a fighter uh, wobbling because of leg, I'm throwing leg kicks. I'm hitting that leg. And making you either tap out or switch your game plan up. And he didn't. And then in round four, right around there, Santos actually tore a ligament in his right knee. So he had two knees completely destroyed. And Jones didn't do anything. He just was, he wasn't the aggressor. And he nearly lost his belt because of it. Now, Uncle Dana came out and said, whatever judge scored it as a Santos win, they should never judge ever again. Listen, I know you're trying to get John Jones that, that one loss off his record. Stop. Because he's always going to have the asterisk next to his name. The rules said he couldn't do it against Matt Hamill, and he broke the rule. Whether you agree with the rule or, or not, a rule is a rule. Now, I would have been curious to see if Santos won, would Dana White still push to get that loss taken off? But we won't know. I, I know Santos is asking for a rematch, and I, I think he deserves it. I mean, I did have it Jones winning, but as of right now, Santos is most likely out the rest of this year and probably a good portion of, of the, the beginning of next year so I definitely do have a lot more respect for Santos now like I said blown left knee out and partially torn right knee you know so before we go uh, we do have a UFC fight night this Saturday and I will be honest meh that's how I feel about it um, there's really one fight that I tune in for, and that's the main event. You know, you Uriah Faber's coming out of retirement, but yeah, you know, I, I just think he's over the hill. So to to kick it, and I'll, I'll get my picks. You know, like I've been doing. I'm not sure if I will be live tweeting this one or not, but we'll, we will see. But to to kick off the main card, it's a middleweight bout with Marvin Vidori. Versus Cesar Ferreira. Uh, think I've seen Cesar fight. Not so much Marvin. So I'm going to go with Cesar here. After that, we got another middleweight fight with Carl Robertson versus Wellington Termine. I'm going to go with Carl Robertson for that fight. Then after that, we got a featherweight, which is Josh Emmett versus. Mursad Bektik. I'm going to pick uh, Josh Hammett for my my uh, pick there. Then the co-main event is Raya Faber versus Ricky Simone. 
or Simon, sorry. I'm going to go with Ricky Simon there. And then for the the main event, Jermaine. Actually, I'm going I'm to announce it how I saw someone put it on, on, on Twitter. Jermaine, I'm avoiding Cyborg Radamin. Because all those times that Cyborg was calling her out, she kept on, oh, I'm hurt, or oh, I can't do this, that. Versus Aspen Ladd. Now, I saw Aspen Ladd in her, her last fight. i seen both these women fight. Um, Aspen Ladd, I think, is uh, definitely... This fight here will definitely test where she's at. And I'm actually going to go with Aspen Ladd. I think she's going to pull out the win here. So... Like I said, I may live tweet this one. I'm not too sure. Um, I believe tomorrow I will be with Shoulders recording. So we will be back talking about our NFL and Major League Baseball, hockey, all the, the other major sports that me and him get into. Um, head over to Facebook, like and share our page. Head over to Twitter if you want to follow us there. You can follow us the show at ST Sports Podcast. You can follow my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn. Head over to YouTube. Subscribe there to our channel. And we finally have some Stay Tuned Sports shirts with new logos up on Teespring. Just uh, head over there, type in Stay Tuned Sports, and we should pop up. I'm going to start putting the, the website for it up on Twitter and on Facebook as well. So that's why you guys should head over there and subscribe to us. Leave us ratings. Tell us, you know, what do you like about us? What do you don't like about us? Just so we can make this better for everybody. So till next time, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.